0: Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a Paradox. Hey, hey, hey. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox,
1: and I am Josh.
0: And I'm Jimmy. This week, our second episode... Of Marital Myths. You look like? Nixon, I'm not a crook. He's throwing up twos. Yep. That's what this week is. We're going to be following up on the series. Really, we started several weeks ago. We did Parenting Myths. Last week, or the last content show, was Marital Myths Part One. This is Marital Myths. And you're listening to this,
1: and this is going to be the last episode that you hear for a month that's new. We're going to be releasing, re-releasing old, junky episodes for the month of October. Episodes that got no traction and no one listened to, we're just going to throw them back out there.
0: To see if someone will accidentally bump into one.
1: (laughs) For October, but we'll be back with new, fresh content in November.
0: Marital myth number three. Common Interest's keep us together. Joshua, take it away.
1: So I can't tell you how many couples I have that are struggling maritally, and it can be in big and or small ways, but invariably they say something to the effect of, we're just not compatible any longer.
0: We don't have any of the same interests. We
1: just don't work well
0: together. We don't have anything in common.
1: And they use that as like this ultimate trump card for divorce. Well, it's like, you kind of make compatibility it's not some, i know our culture and movies suggest that there's some magical match made in heaven that's perfect compatibility but compatibility in so many ways and i know it's not this black and white but in so many ways you kind of make compatibility so first thing i do is just slap those those two people mm-hmm. and i say wake up cuz you're idiots
0: Yes. For example, your mother and I, Dungeons and Dragons. That has been the you still common... talking about
1: Common Sutra from last week?
0: No. Oh, do you Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, don't you? of course. Come on, eleven. I, could... I was going to make a joke, either Dungeons and Dragons or we we have a common interest in sumo wrestling, and you know, I didn't know which way to go. D and D has made a comeback. I have several clients. You know why? Why? It's the anti-video game. Stranger Things. Oh, that's right. Even though I have a moral conviction about watching a show like that, I've heard that that had a, had a place on it. Here's the thing. I don't know a couple that have common interests. I don't. I, I'm sure they exist. I know they exist, probably somewhere mythically like a unicorn. That, oh, we just love golfing together. And when we're not doing that, my husband and I crochet. I'm sure that exists. I just don't know one.
1: Well, even if it existed prior to marriage, you both like hiking. 10 years in you're going to have kids and someone else's the other spouse is working two jobs
0: and I have sciatica
1: and so it's not like you're you you grow and you change and so it's not even like mutual interest can continue again don't hear us say that it doesn't exist and we shouldn't share interest yes, exactly. with our partners but just We can't say we're not the same people anymore, and so we should divorce.
0: Well, like you were saying, we can look and we don't share the same interests. Therefore, it can convince us we're not supposed to be together. Like you were saying, it's going to go, oh, well, there's evidence to support how I'm feeling. But if we don't watch it, embracing this idea of just completely separate interests, therefore, can lead us to live parallel lives. You go your way, I'll go my way, and we'll just live parallel lives under one roof. For me it, it
1: it this trouble in believing in this myth is that it puts compatibility as the supreme Exactly. stick
0: What does that have to do with this
1: agent when it's it should be commitment.
0: When I see couples that have lasted for decades and decades, I can't think of one that they are compatible in all their interests. Beth will will do something with me, you know, she'll she'll at least go on the scuba diving trips and she will be in the spa while I'm scuba diving. But still, we will share that experience. She doesn't scuba dive. She doesn't like that. I would rather gargle glass than go to Fredericksburg in antique. But we'll do it. Which leads me to the solution here is we want to have common lives, even though we may have very different interests. We need to have an interest in our spouse, not in our spouse's Interests. Oh my! Preach. Come on. That's Preach. a bumper pass. Bumper sticker. The plate. Woo! Drop the mic out. Except these are expensive. It's not about having these common interests. We want to live one life together, and just like we li- we want to live a common life, you know, with our you know with our children, they weed themselves into this common life. But we're not playing junior high lacrosse either. And I'm following grandchildren in soccer, and I don't know what's happening, even though I'm apparently coaching. If we have as much interest in our spouse, then what our spouse is doing becomes sort of irrelevant.
1: And to kind of put the desire for common interests up to this high a priority to state that it keeps us together, it's somewhat selfish. It's saying my spouse needs to be more like me than not so that I can continue to be like me. Yeah. And so it, it's almost this play, this selfish play in a way, even though wanting common interests is not bad, we just can't elevate it to the supreme thing that this is what's keeping us together. We have to keep common interests and the desire for it in its place as a good thing, but not the supreme thing. The supreme thing that's going to keep you together is commitment.
0: Mm-hmm. If love, <laughs> That's it. If love is putting... Commitment. If love is putting someone else's needs above your own, if that's what love is, I tell people this all the time. If someone came up and said, hey, you want to play golf Saturday morning? Well, I couldn't answer that. How can I answer that? Because I don't know what's going on. Because Beth and I lead one life. There's a common calendar. Therefore, I don't know what's happening. So I can't even answer that. Oh, the old ball and chain. No common courtesy. Well, and you haven't looked at your calendar in decades. No. Which leads her to control my life. <laughs> Myth in such number an two. I don't, even, way. I don't even want to get you on that. Okay.
1: Myth number two. <laughs> never go to bed angry. Stupider words
0: were never spoken. Were never spoken. Except they're sort of biblical.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Paul. What we take from those, Paul and Ephesians said, "Don't let the sun go down in your anger." So those aren't stupid words. No. But what we've taken, yes,
0: are stupid words. It's like we're really, really mad at each other. Okay, great. Now I got to stay up all night and watch TV and pinochle because I can't go to sleep or I'll be violating scripture. He's just talking about letting unresolved anger just sit and fester. What you and I see, so many couples who come into the office, they are couples who have very deep-seated resentment toward each other. But resentment, all resentment is, is anger and hurt that has been left to fester and grow as a cancer. That's what the biblical mandate is about. It's dealing with deal with the issue. It's not it's not about necessarily the time of day that the issue happens.
1: We were joking prior to going on the air and I said, "So if I'm if Katie slugs me in the middle of the night while I'm snoring and I just get PO'd at her, I'm then supposed to wake her up and go, "Well, now we can't sleep." Mhm. We're up now. 3:30 a.m. I'm Sorry, beep that out if we have children in the car. And now we can't go to sleep. We've got to talk about this and settle it once and for all. First of all, that would never work in our relationship. Katie, when when we have an issue between the two of us, I want to talk about it right then and there. I'm an external processor. That's how I think through the issue is through talking about it. Katie needs some time internally to think through something. So even if I woke her up at 3.30 and said, like, we got to talk about this now so I can sleep, she's not ready to talk about it. I have to give her time to internally process it. And so it is, to Jimmy's point, it's not about the specific time and day that something happens or that it, it is not letting it fester, not letting it grow.
0: There's a reason what we do, psychotherapy, it's been called the talking cure. Just talking about something. There is mental health, emotional worth and healing in nothing but what's called externalizing, getting it outside of yourself, just verbalizing something, just talking about something. If we don't just sit and fester and develop resentment about what happened, we want to talk about it. Most of the time, when we talk about something, we either want to fix it or we want to criticize the other person for the way they're handling it, whatever it is. If we could ever listen to what the other person is saying, not to respond, but to try to understand. You talked about empathy last time, just because most, and we said this before, but most arguments begin in some capacity, you brain dead moron. And as soon as what Gottman says, we come out with a harsh startup. Then we're immediate, the other person's immediately going to defend, and then we get in the attack, defend, attack, defend, attack, defend mode until we just walk off. What we want to try to do is to listen, listen with the, the intent of understanding, not listening necessarily just to respond to make our case and prove that we're right and they're wrong.
1: So it's uh, stupid to, well, it's not stupid, but it's stupid logic to think you can never go to bed specifically when you're angry. You should feel free to allow anger, but you've got to figure out what it is behind the anger. And I know we've ta- said this before, but we'll say it again. Anger is a second emotion. So there's always a first Or many first emotions. It can be disappointment and hurt and disrespect or disappointment. Did I already say disappointment? Yeah, I think you did. Or regret. It can be so many different things that then lead to the anger. And to solve any problem before talking about it with our spouse, we've got to be able to work towards identifying what's really going on past the anger What we ultimately would want is we don't want our anger to turn into bitterness, and that's what we've talked about festering. And so if when you think about your spouse, you have a ton of negative thoughts that come up into your head, that is bitterness. (laughs) And so that's not what we want. That's when you have, quote unquote, let the sun go down on your anger. And so that's something between you and God, you and an accountability partner or a pastor that you need to work through.
0: That verse also is used a lot... And we've already dealt with this, you know, especially in the parenting area. But that verse is used to just almost like, well, it's anti-biblical to be angry. That's the anti-angry verse. That simply cannot be. It can't be a sin to be angry. It just can't. Because Jesus is the Word made flesh, and he got angry. He fashioned a whip, and he went in, and he cleared the temple. It cannot be, don't be angry. That verse is simply saying we need to deal with, in some type of timely manner, the things that make us angry. Admit we're angry, talk about why we're angry, and when we love each other, we, again, as we talked about the empathy, we understand that the other person actually has a point of view. And they're not morons, they're not brain dead, they're not idiots for seeing it the way they see it. And by responding the way they responded, you could line up a hundred other people. They might do the exact same thing.
1: Thank you, you stupid idiot. (laughs) What's that? SNL.
0: The old SNL. Jane, uh... you miserable (laughs) blank. (laughs) That's Dan Aykroyd. Yes. And Jane Curtin. (laughs) That's when SNL was funny.
1: If you like this episode and want more information about it or previous episodes, go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. We appreciate you guys for listening. We're going to be dropping old, reused reruns the next Greatest month. Greatest hits. Greatest hits the next month. And then we'll be back with new content in November. You guys And listen,
0: care. if anything we said today made you angry, you cannot go to sleep. <laughs> just stay away till the 1st of November
1: and you can't contact us, us to talk
0: about it because no, no. we will give you our email you will just stay mm-hmm. away see ya Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. for more about Billy go to therapywithbilly.com for more information about our Paradox Evangelist Julie Lyles Carr go to julielielescar.com and if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show go to paradoxpodcast.com